0: New, but off Topic. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. I almost forgot to pick my mic up and bring it near my face, because we were chatting before the show, and my mic was, like, three and a half feet away, so nobody would be able to hear me. Yeah. Which may either get us more or less listeners. I'm not sure.
1: I'm not, I'm never sure. Never, never sure.
0: You're never sure? We don't ever check. We don't even care. Nope. We just talk. Nope. Oh, we did we discover... Care. Um, we'll talk about this, that
1: for whatever reason on iTunes, if I go back to, if I go back as far as I can go, it only goes to like September, 2019 for episodes. I don't know sure. why. I'm not sure.
0: Which cuts off almost, no, more than three years of episodes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and some
0: of our best stuff was when we actually cared. <laughs> That's back not in true, like really. twenty seventeen. No, I am kidding. <laughs> um, no, but a couple of episodes that are back. There is a couple there, of really good ones only, that are back there. If we can only bring a couple of them back, I'd like to go back and like be able to bring back the one where our our whole tagline comes from, "Aim for the Roses." I can certainly repost and, it. Uh, yeah, and the like actually it wouldn't be that be a good idea. Actually, maybe do like a uh, a throwback. All the real good ones, just repost them for people who were not around then. Yeah, we could do that. Um, yeah, I can look into do. It. I I know you can do that.
1: I I've, I've, I listen to other podcasts that do that occasionally. Uh, yeah.
0: Plus, we also we have the the raw data probably somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, I kept all of them. I have all of these archived. They're not they're not deleted. They're on external hard drives. They're actually
0: in the Library of Congress.
1: Yes. Um.
0: <laughs> of of Andrew's Andrew's.
1: <laughs> yes. They're under the ice cap in Greenland, in that place where they keep <laughs> all the seeds and stuff. Um,
0: yes. Unfortunately, uh, the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have taken it over. So, yeah, exactly. you have to go through them to get it. <laughs> yeah, I think that happened in one of the movies, right? I don't even know anymore.
1: No, that's they get they went um, somewhere
0: where it was cold and they found Thor. No, no, that's Captain America. Damn it.
1: He crashed into the ice cap. I'm yeah. so bad at this. That's correct.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Durr. I'm so bad at this. I'm a bad nerd. I apologize. Um, I really just recently gotten into well hold
1: on before we get too far i was gonna okay. say all of our episodes are on podbean on through the app i did check that so that's all, all the way back to
0: 2016
1: <laughs> all the way back to the first episode
0: oh wow well. Sweden. Yeah.
1: so those are there all right so go Excellent. on you don't know enough about marvel
0: i don't know enough about marvel no and you tried teaching me and i just got lost and then occasionally i gotta just watch them I...
1: again because they're entertaining they're not like <sighs> the best movies ever made but they are gosh darn entertaining yeah
0: they're they, yeah they turn your brain off and just enjoy yourself so we're not going to make this a movie cast here for sure but i got annoyed because in the theater right now there is a new spider-man movie mm-hmm. now i gave up on spider-man when toby mcguire played spider-man back in the day because those yeah. movies were terrible and i said i will never watch another spider-man movie and now everybody's telling me the new ones are much better and it's not the same and yada 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 so I was like, well, I don't want to go into this Spider-Man movie, the third one in a series, without having first seen the first two. Right?
1: Yeah, but he doesn't show up till, uh Captain America Civil War.
0: I forget the whole rest of the thing. I'm just talking about Spider-Man right now.
1: That's where he first shows up, though.
0: That's fine. I've seen that. Okay. But there are two Spider-Man movies prior to the current Spider-Man movie. And I have not seen either of them because I decided a long time ago that... Spider Man was terrible and men were better when they were bats.
1: But you you saw um the Um
0: oh Yeah, goodness. I saw all the other things with Spider Man in them. Okay.
1: So I just um, never
0: watched a strict Spider Man movie because well, I don't Asian. know, why I'm
1: forgetting the very last one
0: where they beat Thor. Endgame. the Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame Yes, the, Yes. Anyway. So you you're also being a bad nerd, sorry. Anyway, there's too many. Here's my, my whole that's part of my gripe. Now, my whole gripe is that there's a new Spider-Man movie out. I wanted to watch the two previous Spider-Man movies that take place in the same. What do they call it? A universe. Yeah, MCU. So I have Disney Plus because we obviously pay for it every month and don't borrow it from a family member. So I went on there to watch the Spider-Man movies because every single Marvel movie is on there. Except the Spider-Man movies.
1: Oh, they aren't? Oh, I didn't no. even notice. Right. Oh, you know so why? Because it's a annoyed. Sony property.
0: It's not a Sony property. It's not? It's a Marvel property. Venom is the Sony property. That's why Spider-Man not in Venom. Anyway, we are we are completely lost everybody because we're talking about things that we, A, don't know about, and B, aren't used to talking about. So I
1: never noticed that it wasn't there.
0: No, it's not there. But originally
1: so, the issue was that Spider-Man was owned by Sony.
0: It was, and then it went back, and Sony kept Venom, and that's why Spider-Man versus Venom isn't a real thing anymore, and Venom doesn't have Spider-Man in it, even though Spider-Man and Venom are supposed to be like enemies. Anyway, Spider-Man is back owned by Marvel, and all of the cartoon Spider-Mans are on Disney+, but the Spider-Man Spider-Man is not. So I am going to go and complain, obviously, to the service that I Mickey definitely Mouse. pay for. To the service that I definitely pay for. Yeah, your, your Mickey Mouse pay for. service is really Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yes. So anyway, um, to get back to car-related things and movies, um, there is a interesting new thing coming out, and it's an anime. Um, okay. And I'm not a big anime guy. You're not a big anime guy. Oh, you don't know that. Listen, Andrew, I've known you it's your entire life. You're not a big anime guy.
1: I like certain animes.
0: So you like certain animes. You're not yeah. a big anime guy. You don't have stickers of Japanese cartoons on your car. No, I'm a big Therefore, Cowboy Bebop fan. I do like that. Not an anime guy. Anyway, there's a new car anime coming out, um, okay. which takes place in the like initial D kind of world. Okay. But it's super cool, and it's called MF Ghost. Um, and I've only seen teaser trails. I haven't actually seen the whole thing yet. But it's basically the the Takumi character drives a new 86. I thought those were Toyota be... ads. No, no, it's an actual sequel. Or oh. not sequel, but actual new initial D thing. Um but anyway, most of most of his home country of Japan has moved on to autonomous vehicles. And it's all about these people that are keeping like, you know, the self- not self-driving, but self-driven. The uh, cars the are analog
1: cars, you would say.
0: Sure, they're not really analog because they're all modern, but it's still super cool. And I'm
1: you control them yourself; they're analog.
0: Finding a way to uh, to see this when it comes out on full, full uh, animated series. So something to watch out for. It's called uh, I say MF Ghost. I think is the name of it. Oh, That's so. cool. Yeah, I just recently watched the live action Initial D movie. Oof. Have you ever seen it?
1: I remember we watched it a long time ago. I think you rented it and we watched it in your parents' basement.
0: Yeah, Probably from like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I forgot it, all about it. It was weird because it
1: had like live action, then it would cut to computer generated. Cha- or am I thinking tiny. of the? Or am I thinking of the the animated movie? Would do that. It was like yeah. tra- traditional animation, and then the racing was computer generated
0: correct this is an actual live action movie. oh
1: yeah i think we watched that i don't remember it was probably once i
0: don't know i didn't remember and it's on netflix right now oh So okay. i was like you know what i'm gonna give us a go um the cars are cool
1: yeah yeah, yeah i don't remember if i talked about watching king of the mountain <laughs> no you didn't uh again yeah the cars are cool um, Dennis Hopper's in it. He's like the only guy that you kind of recognize now. Okay. Completely unhinged character. Like, like, is it just like, I don't know. It's weird.
0: <laughs> that's, that's on my list of things to watch. I'll have to watch that one, but it's worth yeah, watching. It just, um, it's
1: just like super seventies.
0: And it's the same with the initial D movie. It's, it's worth watching for the cars and for some of the driving action. Some of it's real. Some of it's, you know, computer enhanced. Um, The crashes are pretty funny because they probably didn't have a budget to actually crash cars. So, like, the guardrails are pretty much made out of styrofoam. Um, But the cars are cool. The storyline is, like, one of the most cringy things I've ever seen. Yeah. But the cars are cool. And it was a fun, like, I watched it over a few lunch breaks, like, eating my lunch at work.
1: Did (laughs) you ever watch that Jackie Chan movie?
0: Which one? Uh, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right. I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, now. we talked
0: about that. I think about a year ago. Yeah. All right. Good. So, yeah, maybe longer than that. But yeah, I did. I did watch Thunderbolt. But yeah, so I watched the additional D movie. And uh, I, if I had seen it before, I did not remember. I can tell you that. I remember some of the scenes from it are directly lifted from the anime, so there was some familiarity to it. But I don't know if I actually watched the whole movie before. But yeah, man, it was it was hard to get through actually watching the scenes, but watching it for the cars were, was pretty neat. So it's definitely uh, it's one of those things that like it's way behind the times. Like it's not a current thing anymore, but it kind of skipped over us because I think that when Initial D was first popular, we were kind of like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s. And it really wasn't a thing we watched much. We didn't know like, we get couldn't the whole...
1: get the it was hard to get the manga.
0: It was very hard to get it, yeah.
1: Versus just the even watching it. So, um.
0: but anyway, it's one of those things. It was kind of a nostalgia trip because of the cars and knowing the cars and knowing a little bit about the anime, and it was neat. I I uh, I enjoyed it as much as I didn't enjoy it. Just know that it's a little cringy, and a couple parts are actually a little uh, creepy. So it's it's interesting. Anyway, moving on. Where were we going with this whole thing tonight, Andrew? We've been recording now for a few minutes, and I don't even know where we started because we got on talking about Marvel and movies and bad movies.
1: We've well, to, wait, to be know. honest with you, I haven't done much because it got super cold all of a sudden. Um, and it was stormy, and they literally dumped all of the salts possible on the roads so like yeah. if there's just like a you know like a sprinkle of salt I was okay driving the driving the Q45 um, but like it is like let's destroy the earth amount of
0: salt on the roads right now yeah. I just don't want to like everything is white it's funny with all the environmental things that are constantly talked about road salt isn't one of them very much I
1: don't understand it's so it's such a bad pollutant I I don't know why nobody's picked up on it yet. It's really weird.
0: Well, some places have. Like, they don't use it here in some of the woodsy, you know, mountainous areas because it's not good for the trees that are up there. No. So they know that and they don't use it.
1: No, but it literally leaches into the concrete here that they use for bridges and then makes the rebar inside rust and expand and break the concrete.
0: Right. And then you have concrete blocks falling on cars and killing people, so collapsing bridges and concrete blocks yeah yeah it's all pretty bad it's all pretty bad but yeah so i don't have i don't have the same excuse um i haven't done much with cars either it's just been one of those like christmas just ended new year's drove across country been back for like a week talked about the trip last time and i've yeah. just kind of been relaxing a little i've been preparing to do some car stuff um But i haven't done much car stuff i did reorganize my entire garage oh um, there you go in preparation for doing car stuff (laughs) because the problem is that you know we bought this house we moved in summer of 2020 and when we moved in you know you just start putting things where they go or where they are just kind of get them out of the way and i moved two cars into the garage pretty quickly so as we got new things for the garage We never really had a place for them. Stuff just kind of got put where it fit. So in order to do anything, I'd have to move a thousand different things to get to the one thing. So it was getting frustrating. Um, I also knew it was only a matter of time before I'd wind up like walking down the side of the car with some awkwardly sized tool and damage a car. So I decided it was time to uh, organize the garage up a bit because I'd open the door and just get like super anxiety over what I was looking at. So we went to Home Depot and bought a bunch of shelves. Nothing fancy, just the metal, like I guess they call them, like kitchen shelves, or like you know what yeah, they are, they're like, like baking black, racks black or they baking or rack. There you go. So I bought a bunch of those and some um, liners to put on top of them, so the cans don't like you know they don't tip in the in the metal rails. Yeah, I got all my model um, kits sitting on those. <clears throat> Actually, yeah, same shelves you have down there for those. So it was good, you know, got everything up off the floor. Um, Stuff like the air compressors by the front of the garage now, instead of having to walk by the car with it every time I need to use it. And I have a tire in the Eclipse that won't hold air because the wheel is not perfect. So I use it all the time and carrying it down the side of the car every time always made me nervous, I was gonna damage the car. So stuff like that, got, you know, we found better spots for the bicycles where they're still accessible, but not in the way. You know, it was just a. Ooh, just bicycles a are so
1: tricky. Uh They take up so much space.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of them. Ah, yeah, I've got four here that I gotta figure out how to store. Yeah, yeah, they're they're tricky because they're not only are they kind of like awkwardly shaped, but they're covered in like pokey, scratchy bits. Yeah. So you can't have them just like lying against cars because they'll damage the crap out of them. Yeah. So we have, they're all hanging. So we have them hanging on a couple of like special bicycle racks. That's They kind of grab the bicycle the same way the one on the back of a car would. Like the two posts go on the back of the car and
1: mm-hmm. it sits
0: on the top tube. So we have a couple of those hanging on the wall and they're like lagged into the cement side of the wall. So that keeps the bicycles up against the wall. And then we have another one in the back that's hanging from the front wheel on a hook from the rafters. So there's three bicycles along one wall, the three, the three bicycles that we use. So she has her road bike and her hybrid, and I have my road bike over there. So it keeps them out of the way, but they're still at the same time accessible. You know, she can grab, because she rides her bike a lot. Um, so she can grab her bike without moving any cars or moving anything out of the way. You can just pick it up off the rack and just roll it out the garage door. And there's no like risk of hitting anything, which is nice. And then mine's a little more tricky, but I don't ride it as much. I can take it down off the hook in the back of the garage. And I can actually just roll through the house at the front door. So it's a little, little tricky, but it is what it is to keep them stored inside, you know. I don't want to leave them outside in a shed because it gets 120 degrees here in the summertime. And I'm sure the inside of the shed gets to be unbearably hot and it wouldn't be good for all the rubber components and tires and stuff on the bicycle so it's best to keep them secured in the garage and that way they're accessible and they're not going to get damaged and where they are now they won't damage the cars but the most important thing I changed in the garage is I got these parking mats for Christmas so my garage is um, we'll call it a undersized two car garage like mine yeah, it's less undersized than yours is width-wise, but it's more undersized depth-wise. Hmm. So in your garage, you can squeeze two cars in side by side, but the you know, yeah, mine really is twenty-five
1: feet deep, which is a good right. size, but it's yep. only
0: fifteen feet wide. So mine is eighteen feet wide, or twenty feet wide. So it's plenty. it could be space at least twenty cars. to fit a car, yeah. It's, it's plenty of space for two cars. So we'll say it's 20 feet wide, but it's only like 17 or 18 feet deep. Yeah. So when you're parking a car in it, it's really hard to judge where you're at because you have to almost touch the back bumper to the wall in order to close the door.
1: Okay. That's pretty tight.
0: It's super tight. And those aren't big cars. I'm talking about a 79 Cressida and an 83 Sapporo are the cars that are in the garage. So they're not, you know, big modern cars. In fact, her Hyundai Sonata only fits in the garage. If we take the bike rack off the back and it's not it's not necessarily a huge car either. So it, the garage when it was built was initially a carport. So they didn't have to worry about the closing of the door. And whoever converted the carport built a laundry room into the back of it as well so we have a wall in the back that's i don't know probably a five foot deep dead space that has a washer and dryer in it and then my toolbox on the other side so it's almost like they took that extra space where we'd have comfort bringing the car in to not to to fill in with a washer and dryer is so you wouldn't have them you know in the house or outside because it's common here to have a washer, a dryer on your back patio, so because the weather's never, you know, it's never winter time here, so it was just common back in the '70s to not put the washer and dryer in the house and just literally put it on the back patio. So at least it's not there, but it is annoying because it does take part of the garage up. But I got these neat parking pads. Um, I think they just came from Amazon, honestly. Um, they're almost like two little speed bumps. And they have a flat surface in the front of them, so your tire goes in the flat surface and holds it down. And when you hit the first bump, that way it doesn't slide back and the car can go up over the first bump. And then you just keep backing up until, theoretically, the second bump will stop the car at an idle. And you can set those one time so you don't wind up driving into the wall or you don't need a second person to help you park the car. So what I had been doing was I'd go in the garage, I'd back the car in the garage to where I felt comfortable, and then I'd get out, and we actually drew a chalk line on the floor that represents the closed door, so we'd know how far back the car had to go, and I would just click the car in neutral and like roll it back by hand until I was over that line, because it was just pretty much impossible to park a car in the garage by yourself, just because of the space constraints, so that was the other reason for cleaning up the garage because I needed to have maximum space to fit two cars and still have room to walk around and be comfortable. So it's not ideal, but it's, uh, at least it's functions better now than it did before. So improvements all around. So while I have no car updates, I did have updates to uh, working on things that will help me work on cars. I've then, sort of related stuff. <clears throat> And then I bought a few, I bought parts for all the cars, and, yeah. I've done that and I have a bunch of projects to do, so I have uh, the starter for the Crescent is here, a bunch of parts for the Saab, and all the clutch parts for the Volkswagen that I continue to talk about, but haven't done yet, uh, and have decided that I'm actually going to pay to have that done as well, It's because I don't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: So that's scheduled to be done a week from yesterday, so next Monday. Do
1: you have a shelf for parts?
0: I do, I do. I uh, so they're the big plastic Home Depot racks.
1: Yeah, because that's basically what I did. I had, I have a bunch of those in the basement. And yep. I've been cleaning out my basement because I'm finally done with all the renovations upstairs, organizing it. I took a bunch of the car parts I had and put them basically on one of the shelves. Yep, all the things that I have to go into the cars
0: when it's nicer out.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: did that as well, because I had parts kind of lying around everywhere, and that was part of the issue too.
1: Yeah, so this way they don't get lost, and you can yep. find
0: them. Uh, and, then and they also broken, broken. damaged. Yeah, because yeah. I had the plastic grill halves for the Toyota pickup, and they were just kind of like stacked in the corner. And then I had all the fender flares, the plastic fender flares for the, uh, the Raider that I took off. And I kept them because I like them a lot, and I'm sure I'll have another raider or Montero someday. Yeah, they're pretty rare, so I didn't want to give them up. Um, so those are here too. And I wanted, and those used to hang actually on one of those bicycle rack things. But every time I take a bicycle off, it was like a tumbling tower of fender flares would fall behind it. It was annoying. So it's good to get those off the ground. A bunch of headlight assemblies for the Toyota truck, I, uh, passenger side window for the Toyota truck. So all kinds of pretty delicate stuff that. Needed to be off the, off the ground and off of just piles of parts. So it is good. Oh, and I finally put a subwoofer in the garage too. So I don't, I had four satellite speakers and no subwoofer. So it was hard to oh, pump those beats. Yeah. You make it made sound good. it's going to be there.
1: What do you have to run it? Is it like a depth, like just like an aux cable or do you have like a Bluetooth thing?
0: Oh, no. Oh no, I have a whole like old school setup in the garage. Oh. Do you remember I had uh, in my house in Georgetown, I had the whole Sony component stereo system? Yeah.
1: Oh, you got all that had it's set up in the garage. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, so there's a 5 disc changer and a receiver and the uh, four satellite speakers and a center channel and uh, the subwoofer. So, it's literally set up like my old living room was. Nice. We don't need that anymore for a living room because soundbars are like...
1: They sound really good. They're so good. And they take up no space.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we have a soundbar and a subwoofer in the living room here. Um, And I loved my giant ridiculous component stereo system. And I didn't want to just like not run it. So in the garage it goes. Eventually when we build the big garage out back, I'll move it to the big garage. So
1: yeah you can get a, you can get a Bluetooth thing that would plug into it.
0: Oh, I do. So I have the aux cable in the front plugs into a headphone jack of a Bluetooth receiver. Ah, okay. There
1: you go. Yeah.
0: Actually, also speaking of the Raider, it's the one I used in the Raider.
1: Ah, okay.
0: So, yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a, like a $10 Amazon Bluetooth receiver that has a headphone jack in it. So it's pretty, pretty universal.
1: Yeah, so when also going through car parts, I've been finding stuff to sell for cars I don't own anymore to try to make more space because I don't
0: need them. Nope. Why am I
1: hanging on to them? And See, also get rid of yeah, stuff that's no longer.
0: Someday you might have another one.
1: Yeah, but um I don't know. I don't really need a brand new set of Subaru sway bar rear sway bar mounts from white line. Probably not. When they're expensive and I can just sell them to someone who will want them. And the same for, like, I had a set of first-gen Montero Piero uh, European taillights. Okay. And I literally threw them on the Montero for sale uh, garage sale page. And they're gone in, like, an hour. So,
0: Perfect. Yeah. Those are the red and yellow ones, right?
1: Yep. So... No, they're not taking up space, and they're gone.
0: More space for more things for things you currently do own.
1: Yeah. I mean, they weren't taking up a lot of space, but it's
0: one less thing to move around and to keep moving around. Yeah, I'm quickly learning that as I've now made another trip across country with more of my garbage that uh, I have too yeah. much garbage. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got a lot, the, get a lot I, of old, uh, old diecasts that I don't want. I literally donated a bunch of them to Goodwill and I felt really bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I collected these diecast cars for years growing up, right? And right. Now I'm just like, well, I don't know what I would ever do with a 118 CLC5 Corvette. <laughs> it's not yeah. worth anything. Just donate it to Goodwill. For some reason, I had two 124 scale diecast first gen Ford Explorers. Like, I, I don't know why. Yeah. But good will they go. So it's just it's 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 very difficult to let go of that stuff. And it probably sounds silly, but it's I don't know. It's comfort stuff, I guess. Does that make me a hoarder? Maybe. Yeah. Oh. As I sit here in this room recording the podcast, looking around at stacks and stacks of diecasts, I'll probably never miss that blue yeah, Five. life. You know, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's so much stuff. I need to uh, curate the collection and make it a little less uh, eclectic and ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. I think that's going to be the... I think that might be the topic of our first uh, diecast-specific podcast purging the collection yeah collecting too much what to do with it
0: yeah well i i don't know if we can talk about it because we don't have the answer
1: <laughs> i know but maybe maybe we'll talk through it
0: and say so, yeah, maybe <laughs> people will
1: avoid therapy and instead
0: have a podcast yeah well i think we can <laughs> announce officially it's called it's gonna be called scale autocast and it's gonna yes. be a monthly once a month podcast once a
1: month podcast just yeah. for scale stuff not just diecast we'll do model kits rc yeah
0: sure rc legos models scale yeah
1: just so that we don't um, vintage
0: vintage scale cars you know we had a
1: a few people on here that listeners that don't like it when we talk about that stuff so
0: yeah we get we get a mixed reaction when we spend too much time talking about diecast cars but there's a at first (laughs) we said we don't care because it's our show we'll talk about what we want to talk about hence the marvel movie conversation tonight but then we also realized that there's a whole bunch of people that probably don't care about working on Rusty Old Mitsubishi's, but do want to hear about diecasts, so.
1: Yeah, so uh, we'll split it, we're will split we going to split it off. And I think the reason why we picked once a month is because we're going to try to do it as a video podcast.
0: You can actually see what right. we're talking about. You can see the disaster of diecast stacked up around me as we're talking.
1: Yeah, that's the other reason why I've been trying to organize this uh, basement area yeah. that is also my office, so that. Uh, I can also, during work hours,
0: if I have a, a call, I can actually turn my video on down here. It doesn't look like I'm sitting in a garbage pile. Right. I may actually record that one from the garage where there's good lighting and uh, yeah, hopefully an area to put some diecasts. We talk about Yeah, that I before. bought some
1: nice, some more, another set of LED photo lights for like video stuff cool. uh, to also take pictures of diecasts and
0: Hot Wheels. So I don't want least... to sell. At least one of the feeds in the podcast will look good with your LED lights. Yeah, yeah. Whereas mine will be dark and dank in the corner of the garage. That's all right. I uh, was just talking to Naomi about the fact that we created the stuff for that podcast. And she's like, no, you think you got enough scale cars to support it? And uh, I missed the joke completely. And I was like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's only going to be once a month. And she looked at me with like, did you miss everything I was just saying? Because obviously (laughs) she definitely is uh, the patron saint of diecasts because she puts up with it. But there are uh, a lot of them around. So, yeah, she's helped move all from across country, too. She should probably be a guest at one point.
1: I'm sure. Uh I, yeah, I need some expertise on like stacking them in boxes.
0: Yes. How do how you deal them? how do you deal with a significant other who has a collecting problem?
1: Well, I mean <laughs> I've now put like I already gave like ten of the ones I had to Marco in addition to the ones okay. that I had bought for Christmas for him that I found. And then uh his current favorite one is that new uh FJ 80 Toyota. Oh, that's, that's cool. It's like his favorite one. And it was funny. He couldn't find it earlier this afternoon. And Stephanie's like, he's looking for data truck. And oh. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, it's kind of like your Montero kind of looks like my Montero.
0: Okay. I got you.
1: So we, we found it. He had, he had put it in this, he has a play kitchen. He had put it in the microwave. I was like, Oh, you parked in the garage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're ruining all our content for that podcast, Andrew. We can't even That's do that. all right. We can rehash yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, look, look for that coming up pretty soon. There'll be all the supporting, you know, Instagram, Facebook pages and all that stuff too. So it'll be out there. It'll be more content. Um, hopefully we can uh, review some new diecasts and talk about some vintage stuff and maybe do some diecast builds our model plastic car builds and I don't know we get a lot of a lot of a lot of years of knowledge that have been wasted doing nothing with them so we might as well put up to good use and put it out there in the world right
1: yeah I mean I was just going through the ones that I had and I was putting them on the wall and I was like man I do
0: have some good taste in these these are pretty cool (laughs) if I do say so myself My my only problem is when I sit back and I look at them, and I'm like, man, every one of these was $20. Yeah, uh, I don't think about that. Yeah, well, I try I not, tried not to, but yeah. <laughs> every one of these is $20, and there's 200 of them. Uh-oh. What have I done?
1: But then I'm like, oh, I get it. Now I can actually, instead of having these in a box on the floor, I can actually look at them now, and this is enjoyable.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's good. But yeah, we have uh, a few few people come on as guests and uh, we'll have a, I think we'll have a pretty good time with it. So mm-hmm. if you're into scale cars at all, or have friends that are, let them know. It will be called Scale Autocast and hopefully coming shortly. Much yep. like everything else we promised and never deliver on. No, but that ends this year. That ends now. Yeah, we're actually doing it. Yep. It's all happening. I uh I don't have much else to chat about this week, Andrew. It's been kind of a slow week.
1: Um, I there was a a funky story about because we do talk about auction results. Um, okay. This one's kind of crazy. It was a what year is it? It's like a the cab chassis. I don't even know what year this stupid thing is. It's twenty two years old. So it's a two thousand one Ford F three fifty cab chassis that went on BAT with like stupidly low mileage on it. Like, it's brand new. Like, it was bought yeah, and never the used. Department. Yeah, like, they just ended up with it in storage. Like, it was probably supposed to have a, a uh, like, a work body put in the back of it. Either it was going to be a fire, you know, he's going to be an ambulance or, a, you know, tiny rescue vehicle or whatever. But anyway, uh, someone paid $55,000 for this thing. Yeah. For a yeah, truck that sense. the MSRP was $29,000 for it.
0: Well, you can't only talk about MSRP because you have to deal with inflation and whatnot.
1: Well, they Jalopnik did make a good point. So it's $560 less today than the comparatively optioned new truck.
0: Right. So, so that would be an actual new truck.
1: For 50, like 56, 000, you
0: know, $56,000. Right. It's really weird to me. I don't know why you would buy it. <clears throat> because it's not an enthusiast vehicle. Now that's this is where the, the the differentiation is, because BAT also sold a nineteen eighty nine Honda CRX this week. Yeah, for like thirty six five or thirty eight five. All right. Um, but that's a, it was a thirty thousand mile low, low, very low mile.
1: Yeah, that's a collector enthusiast,
0: car enthusiast vehicle, right? Yeah,
1: that's a cool car. Um,
0: but the crazy thing about that is when I did subject that to adjusting for inflation, thirty-eight five or sorry, the car brand new in two thousand oh, like eighteen grand? Uh, oof, keep going way back. The car brand new in nineteen eighty eight was nine thousand dollars. Oh. Well, that's cheap. Yeah. So pushing that was that a lot forward there. Forward, pushing that forward for inflation. $9,000 and 88 in 2022 is worth $17,000. Yeah. So that means that somebody paid the equivalent of a little more than two brand new CRXs for yeah, a 30,000 mile, almost brand new CRX now. Yeah, because you won't you can, find the one. Which you can't get, which makes sense. Yeah. So because it's a collector car, it's a sports car, it's yeah. something interesting and different. So, and new. it's neat.
1: So, yeah, your point is that Honda does not make a CRX equivalent vehicle. But Ford continues to make a cab chassis yeah, that is infinitely better than the one that came out in 2001.
0: Mm -hmm. I I would say it's infinitely better. Um, The only thing that's probably not better is that a 2000 F350 is a 7.3 Power Stroke, uh, which is, you know, long known as being one of the most reliable diesels on the market. Sure. And even more so than a current new one. Yeah. So but you, can get you, a, want...
1: you can get a seven three Godzilla engine, probably an F three fifty. So
0: Yeah, but they don't want they want a diesel. They want the power stroke. They don't want a uh I guess everything's going gas. A gasser. Yeah. So you can you can still get a diesel, you know, cab chassis. Yeah. But you don't have that, you know, end of the world reliable seven three. You have whatever the six three, six four, six, seven, whatever they are now, they're they're not known for the same longevity as a seven three. So this this one or two things is going to happen with this truck. Somebody bought it for fifty five grand because they know the operating cost of this vehicle over the next thirty years, if they use it, is going to be significantly less than the operating cost of a brand new F series. Or they bought it and they're going to park it in a collection of a low mile cars, and it doesn't matter. So those are the two things that are going to happen. If somebody did buy this truck to use this truck. That's why they would do it because the new F series, once the warranty is over, that diesel motor has a lot more maintenance requirements than this one does. So this one would just keep running and running and running. And it's starting from zero still. It's a brand new truck. Whereas, you know, buying a used one for, you know, used 2000 F350 is probably 15 grand, right? So you spend 15 grand on a used one and... No, they're like twenty twenty five. Well, a cab chassis would be cheaper than a, than a full pickup truck. Oh, you say that, but no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll have to look it up later and prove you wrong, because I think they are a little cheaper. Uh, anyway, so so I, it's fine. 15 grand, 20 grand, whatever it is. By the time you have used that used vehicle, which probably already has 300,000 plus miles on it, and got it to the level of this truck, you're probably not as far off. You know, and you get a truck with a brand new motor. It's ready to go. You can go a half million mile, half a million miles without, you know, hardly any maintenance on this thing. Just regular fluid changes. So I, I get, I, I do get it. Um, I think the price is a little bit much, but I do get it. You know, you don't have to deal with DEF. You don't have to deal with whatever the emissions equipment is in the new ones. The EGR coolers and all that stuff is not on this particular vehicle. It's just an easier to maintain, easier to use, simpler vehicle. And yeah, the price is crazy. But again, what's $29,000, which was the MSRP of this truck in 2000, worth now in 2022? So, you know what I mean? Yes, maybe. I I'm just I'm trying to to make a, a use case for it and Yeah, for a single person to buy it, I guess. Cause a fleet doesn't care. They want new stuff. A fleet wouldn't care at all, but if it's if it's a one a single contractor, you know, who's I want
1: the last truck. This is gonna be the truck that's gonna be with me till the end.
0: It, that's a very good possibility. They've got I their mean,
1: F-350 with um, half a million miles on it. They want to get another brand new one. Yeah. Never had another chance
0: at it. Yeah. And you're not paying that much more than the truck cost new. The truck was $29,000 in 2000, which is the equivalent of $46,000 today. So, I mean, if you, I don't know. I think when you break it down that way, it's not as crazy as it sounds. And you have the, maybe you wanted a 2000 truck when they were new and weren't the place to buy one. And now you are, and I guess now you buy it. I, I, I dig it. If I was in the position where I owned a very small business and needed a truck and could afford a $56,000 brand new 2000 truck, I might buy it. Or
1: you've got a bunch of money to launder and you don't want to attract attention by buying a Ferrari.
0: Like show me a Ferrari you can buy for 50 grand maybe 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 this is the more nefarious thing here but i i just i think that i'm willing to bet that my guess is somewhere in the realm of what happened somebody's just hedging their bets that the difference for running that old truck for their small independent contracting company will cost less than running a new truck and paying the same money so i don't know maybe i'm wrong Did we talk about um, Bring a Trailer's total sales for last year yet?
1: No, no.
0: Have you heard the number?
1: Uh, I I did, but I don't remember it. I I didn't even know they were owned by Hurst Auto now, but that's also crazy. Yeah. That was a while ago, I guess.
0: Yeah. $829 million worth of cars. Whoa. Yeah. So... In comparison, what's the biggest auction company you can think of that's not an online auction? Um,
1: what do you mean? For cars or for anything in For the changed- cars. For cars. Probably Edessa.
0: Okay. Let or American be- Mainheim or, for- or whatever it is. Hold on. No, 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 no. Scratch that. What's the biggest auction you can think of that's not an online auction that's for collector cars?
1: Which- oh. Will it be uh, Meekums or Barrett Jackson? Okay. So, are they the same? Aren't they the same? They seem like they're the same. Like Meekum and Barrett Jackson to me is like Hot Wheels and Matchbox.
0: Yeah. They're very different companies owned by very different people. But yes, they are very similar in presentation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can speak clearly on this because I technically work for Barrett Jackson now. So, oh, okay. My paycheck does say Barrett Jackson on it. Um so Barrett trailer sold 829 million dollars of cars in 21. Um, do you want to guess what Barrett Jackson's confirmed annual sales were? 20 million. Oh, come on now. Not all that right. Much all, that right. all right, all right,
1: all right, hold on. Uh so there, so BAT BAT was 820 million?
0: 829 million, yep. Whoa, almost
1: almost uh, a billion dollars, dude. A billion dollars.
0: Yes. Yeah. So many cars. Wow. Alright. Five hundred million. Hundred and ninety-one million. Whoa. Yeah. Now Mecham, The Next runner up. Wow. No, the next runner up is Miko Meekum did five hundred million.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So. But Meekum does more auctions than Barrett does. But still, to just to think that.
1: Where are these cars I mean, going and how, like, man, that's a lot of cars changing hands. That's I mean, what they're, my
0: point was.
1: They're, I mean, they're fairly high dollar cars. So I it, wonder what the actual number of vehicles is. Do you have those? Well,
0: at any, given t- at any given time, there's 500 live auctions on Bring a Trailer.
1: Man, that's so wild that there's enough people. But then that brings me to the other thing I was reading about. So just used car sales in general. Uh, last year was 40.9 million vehicles, not dollars, vehicles. So there's a lot of vehicles moving around. It's crazy, right?
0: Yeah, it it really is. And What blows my mind about the collector car market, though, is just where is the money coming from? Where are the cars coming from? Where are the cars going? How is it possibly that much people that are into this And it seems like on your normal day-to-day basis, you don't meet anybody who's into collecting vintage cars.
1: Oh, this is true. Yeah. It it seems like you'd have at least two or three of us in every block.
0: Right. (laughs) Which is a little more common out here. I think that it is there. But it's not like a common thing to just have. I think it's,
1: it's definitely fairly common here. It's just more hidden. People hide their cars. Yeah, maybe. Especially because of the weather, um, and also they don't. Uh, it's more like a New England thing. They're not. they don't like to show off.
0: Yeah, it's definitely that whole New England like old old money doesn't yeah. show off too much. It's a if you know, you know. So I mean, Haggerty is pretty much in the know with all this stuff. Um, and Haggerty seems to think that they they estimate that the annual sale of collector cars like worldwide is 30 billion dollars that's crazy which if bat is doing 800 million alone that's not an unreasonable number to think about but again if it's that much money why is everybody where are these cars what's happening with them and why is everything i own worth less than 5 grand <laughs> i don't understand
1: <laughs> yeah, but it all adds up, I guess. And then... Yeah, are they all just right. changed their so hands around found, the same people? I don't understand. I found,
0: I found the number here. Um, BAT listed. How many cars do you think they listed in 2021? I don't have total sales. I mean, total... Like, um, like how many sold versus didn't sell? But how many cars do you think they listed? Uh,
1: I don't want to do the math. I mean...
0: Uh, I'm just going to guess. Cause I,
1: I don't even want to do sure. the estimation. Uh, I'll, I'll say 150,000 cars.
0: Oh God. No, you're way off.
1: That's like too high or too I, low.
0: I, I, I'd i like to know how you estimated that number. Cause it doesn't even make any sense.
1: Too high or too low? Way
0: too high. Like oh. times 10. <laughs> I thought you said oh, at no. any one time they have like 500 cars on. There's 500 cars live at any given time. That doesn't mean 500 cars at end every day. That means there's oh there's right 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 that's yeah
1: it's i'm um, it's late i'm I'm tired, yeah, <laughs> I'm like five hundred cars a day, 365 days a year no, that's not that doesn't make any sense, that's dumb,
0: is why I'm not a mathematician um at seventeen thousand eight hundred and forty six listings for the whole year for the whole year to do listings 829- 828 million dollars, whoa, so that's an average sale price of forty six thousand dollars, yeah, yeah. So we're not talking about five thousand dollar Dodge Colts here. We're talking about no. It's quite
1: an average 000. price.
0: Um, yeah, forty six grand is a lot of money. And you know, I listen. I live this world now. I work for one of these online auction houses, and you know, we live and die by the numbers. And we see average sale prices in the thirty thousand dollars all the time. You know, an average day, most cars, most cars that are selling an online auction are not me buying the six hundred dollar Cressida.
1: No, no, and and I don't think this is a, you know, because there was a time when people weren't going on vacations. Yeah. There was a little more disposable income, but this doesn't, that doesn't make up for this. Like people had disposable income before uh, the pandemic. So, and they still have it now. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like, where are all these cars going? Like, are they just exchanging between the same people?
0: Yeah. I, I don't understand. Um, it's just, because you're right.
1: I don't. You don't know that many people. You do and you don't. Like you I don't... mean,
0: listen. You you go to a car show on a Saturday and there's a hundred, two hundred yeah. cars there.
1: Yeah. So it's. But
0: you're, but you're talking two hundred cars in a city of I don't know how many people live in Phoenix. It's got to be a few hundred thousand. Yeah. So, so even
1: like, like you know Salem or Peabody where I live, that's like thirty, forty thousand people in a, in each uh, of the cities. Salem is ninety thousand. Is it now? Yeah.
0: It's a lot of people. Yeah
1: it's up quite a bit
0: now um yeah but yeah that's just like one city maybe, maybe it's 50,000 i don't know there's 1.6 okay there's 1.63 million people in phoenix okay it's a lot of people and to have a car show on a saturday night have 200 people like that's a very small percentage of what 3 million it is. Like, you wouldn't run into them no so where are all these car sales happening? I don't understand. And this is what happens every day at work. We just we talk about like, you know, we have all these cars to sell. It says forty three thousand people in Salem. Yeah, so you were closer than I was. I was way off. Yeah,
1: I was like there's thirty or forty thousand people in each in each of these cities, and you don't run into that many people. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the local cruise oh, night the, would the have like a hundred people.
0: Yeah, which is not proportional to the one no. million here. <laughs> this no, doesn't make sense. Uh,
1: yeah, That's wild. And then you would. Yeah, like are they all going to like a, a sultan in the Middle East? It's like he's got like a thousand car collection so somewhere.
0: I, I can tell you right now that uh, we do have buyers on our site that buy multiple cars. Yeah. Um, we have one particular buyer who's bought, I think he's up to 18 cars mm-hmm. from us. And he has, you know, spent over a million dollars in cars on our site.
1: I mean, you know, um, there's there are definitely people that have Jay Leno money that are not Jay Leno famous and they don't want to be Jay Leno famous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they just buy cars, you know? Um, and this particular person, you know, I'm not going to say names or who he is or where he is. Um, cause he's pretty private about it, but you know, he was buying all these cars cause he's, you know, he says he's at a point in his life where he just wants to collect all the cars he ever wanted to own. Right. Well, has, there's, I mean, you know what? I mean, that's me. I'd do that if I had that kind of, kind of money.
1: I mean, there's, there's people around here, local dealer owners. Ernie Bach Jr., he has a huge car collection. Sure. Yeah, the most famous
0: uh, one out there is Herb Chambers.
1: Yep, Herb Chambers got a huge collection.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Brian Kelly has a huge collection. They actually, yeah, they all have huge collections. Sure. Because they're all millionaires. Billionaires. Yep.
0: Um Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy to me, you know, how how much is how much is out there. And one of the other facts that I think we talked about a couple weeks ago was that. Uh, twenty five percent of all BAT sales are from the top one percent of their sellers. Yeah. So twenty five percent of eight hundred plus million dollars is from such one hundred percent of that is yeah. There's one percent million of the and one percent of their of their sellers
1: uh, are moving there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, there's like power sellers, just like on eBay, you have like a
0: power seller. Yeah. Like the king of a uh, king of a trailer is the account nine eleven R. Uh huh. Uh, and he has his the cars he sell go for more money than they probably should because he's a well known seller and they come from his dealership and his photography is really good and it's just insert Bernie Sanders meme the top one percent of twenty five percent of like what it's the numbers are mind boggling and I'm sure if if I ran those numbers for our site it'd probably be a similar situation you know I I know what sellers we work with all the time. You know, I know, I certainly know what buyers buy all the time. And it's just, it's weird to even think about it because buying a car is such, and some people probably look at us, Andrew, as people who own way more cars than we should. And are yeah. like, who are these wasteful people owning all these cars? But we are nothing, <laughs> you know, and us owning five, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 cars is a blip on the radar of some of these collectors. And you or me buying a car is such an event like it becomes this whole thing like we need to figure out the money situation and the transportation situation and the storage situation and there's a whole like thing about it it becomes this whole i not it's an event in our lives buying a car is an event in our lives and these people are out there buying cars like it's us at walmart buying hot wheels yeah it just it's just another day to them you know, this one particular buyer, we're like, what does he like? Go to lunch and be like, oh, I got fifteen minutes, I'm gonna do I'm gonna buy a couple cars today on Auto Hunter. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, mm. It's just so so far removed from who we are and what we know. It's it's hard to see it. It it's very difficult to work in that space and not be a little I don't wanna say jealous, but envious for sure. Because I'd love to be able to just go out and buy a car on a whim without even considering it, you know, I bought that $600 Cressida on an auction and I was like sweating bullets, about spending the $600 on it. So it's just a world we don't understand. I guess we're in the wrong circles. We, we, we need some more money. Well, anyway, that's the end of my rant.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, and that was, uh, You know, 2020 kind of started taking off a lot, and then 2021 like really exploded with a lot of sales. So, yeah, they're they're saying bring a trailer actually eclipsed the in person auctions, yeah, over 2021, I think.
0: Yeah, and that's those numbers I was just telling you. Like, Barrett did what 120 million, and they did 828 million. So, Barrett plus Meekum is. Two hundred million dollars less than Bring A Trailer did.
1: Yeah, and then you think about whatever their percentage of sellers'
0: fees are. It's crazy. It's not a lot, so it's a little harder of one to figure out. So BAT does a five percent um, buyers' commission. There's no sellers' commission, so they do a five percent buyers' commission, and it's a hundred dollar flat rate to run your car. Um, but there's also a five thousand dollar cap on the buyers' commission. So they make a maximum of $5, $5, $5, $5,000 in each car. So they don't actually make 5% of 829 million, but you got to figure they brought in 30 or 40 million anyway, just in buyer's commissions, right? For a couple of guys in an office in California to start that and be there is pretty crazy. I I don't know if the math works out, but it's got to be somewhere around there. You know, seventeen thousand cars run. It's
1: it's pretty wild. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's all. That's the end of the rant. I uh, I I live in this world every day now, and uh, it's just a it's a spectacle online. Like we're fortunately, unfortunately, going to the big Scottsdale auctions next week out here for Barrett Jackson, and uh, it might be it's gonna be wild to watch it happen in person too, to watch these people just sit there dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars without even thinking about it. It's like I want to go create an auction where somebody who has way too much money and just needs to burn it has the opportunity to pay my house off. You know, (laughs) like what are you bidding on? The opportunity to pay off this random person's house. (laughs) It's just weird to think about that kind of money. I can't even I can't even fathom house money for a car. So
1: I know, right? And then it's like, I guess that's part of the appeal is that some people just like to watch this stuff.
0: Yeah. And it's it, it's like watching a train wreck, I guess, or plane wreck or whatever. You, you can't turn away and you can sit there envious that they can spend that kind of money. I don't know. It's nuts, but I guess in a way, because I work for an auction house, they are paying my house off. <laughs> just just mm-hmm. very slowly. All right, Andrew. Call it an episode.
1: That's an episode. Yeah. yeah, we rambled through it, but we made it. And thanks for listening. We've uh, we've definitely got some more stuff coming for you. We promise. Yep. It's coming. So, uh, Brad, where can find you?
0: Uh, I am on Instagram at tsi_ss three five zero.
1: All right, cool. So we've got Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram and Twitter, and now we're going to have Scale Autocast on Instagram currently. Yep. Um, not and There's nothing on there. You can go follow it if you want. Um, there will be more stuff on there, but...
0: <clears throat> Excuse me. I might start, uh, I'm uh, start coming... building it up with some of the uh, old Daily Diecast posts.
1: Yeah, go for it. So, yeah. And uh, we're working on a website launch for On Off Topic. Yeah, and, we said
0: uh, we said January of this year. January's not over, and it's uh, it'll be it'll it. We're gonna make it.
1: We're getting there. We'll we'll do it. Yep. We'll do it. Yep. I got to um. I got some videos I need to edit too. I was looking at a couple of our other friends that that have YouTube
0: channels, and I was like, yeah,
1: I I should I have some stuff I record and I never edited so.
0: Yeah, yeah, big shout out to Jeremy for that because we're gonna steal some of your ideas. Sorry, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, I mean, him and about 10 million other automotive YouTubers.
0: Oh, yeah, there's no shortage of them. I was just thinking because we've been talking about Jeremy's projects lately.
1: Yeah, listen, don't forget to ring that bell, like and subscribe below.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh and Jeremy is, uh, his we might, we might as well give him a little plug right now. It's a uh, ratty muscle car, is his, oh, yeah, yeah, um, YouTube channel. He's building. He's restoring slash modifying uh, one of the rustiest 1964 Impala station wagons I've ever seen. So most people would shudder in fear and run away from it, but he is—he's uh, sticking to it. So it's fun to watch.
1: All right, cool. So keep cards analog and name the roses. Yeah!